Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Whenever and wherever you're listening, we just wanted to extend the warmest of welcomes. So kick back and relax as we continue through our sermon series. So, today's special. Uh, We've had a tradition here where we do something on Mother's Day uh, where we do um, baby dedications. And the first thing I want to say, yeah, it's cool. You guys are going to get to ooh and ah in just a second. They're going to start coming out here. So we'll get the oohs and ahs out of the way in just a second. So first thing I want to say is um, Mother's Day is hard for uh, a lot of people. And there's maybe even some of you who are online with us today because you just couldn't figure out how to come in person um, because you figured it's Mother's Day. And so I just want to recognize right off the bat that Mother's Day is hard, and there's a lot of reasons for a lot of people that Mother's Day is really difficult. I actually talk a little bit more about that on my Instagram if you want to check that out. That's a way that I would love to connect with you and have a personal conversation about Mother's Day and how difficult that is at OKPLD if you want to check that out. And I'll talk a little bit more about Mother's Day in a minute. Um, So baby dedications uh, is this beautiful thing we do. And some people would say, like, okay, what is baby dedications? What is this? How does this work? And many of you have heard of or at least grew up in, like, the Catholic tradition where there was, like, baby baptisms. And that's something that we don't actually do here. What we do is what I see as a reflection in Scripture right off the bat of the life of Jesus. Jesus, when he was a young boy, his parents brought him to the temple to be dedicated unto the Lord, uh, to be charged by a priest, to raise him in a certain way um, that was a follower of God, that was a fearful person of God, and that was a lover of God uh, because he is God. And so they dedicated him in the temple. And then later on in Jesus's life, we actually see where then he was baptized on his own decision, on his own accord, and came and was baptized by John the Baptist. So what we get to do is we celebrate baby dedications by dedicating these babies to the Lord. And then what we're going to do is we're going to give a charge to the family um, that's going to take care of this young child that they are responsible for. And then I'm going to actually give a charge to you uh, as a faith community uh, to care for and support. And you're going to answer with a simple, I do. Deal? We're going to do that in just a moment. Up with me today, I have Pastor Megan. She's our pastor of care, and she's going to help... Introduce, Hello. Good morning. Help introduce our families. Um, and real quick, just so you can get out of the way, there's going to be pictures, so we're just going to do it right now. Let's practice. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. You're supposed to do a close-up of my face right now, so it's no, <laughs> joking. <laughs> All right. Let's okay. go. Who we got first? Okay. This is Scarlett Lorene Purdy. She was born in Vallejo. That's good. Yes. She was born in Vallejo on February 25th, 2021. These are her parents, Sam and Jackie Purdy. That's awesome. So let's, we already tried this. I don't think we're going to be able to hold. Oh, you see yourself back there. Scarlett. Hey. Turn. Turn. I know. Well, it's Sully. Watch. <laughs> Hi. Do I get to hold you? Nope. Okay. So this is Scarlett. Scarlett, your name means red. It's beautiful. Um, so what I picked for you is I picked a verse. It's Isaiah 1:18. And it says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And they also, uh, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. I think that's a beautiful story of your life that you get to represent God's beauty in your life in the future. (laughs) I know. 
Good talk. Um, <laughs> so friends, you have Scarlett. Um, will you continue to take care of her, help show her the love of God, the fear of God, and how to follow God in a manner that represents how you guys do, that you guys are the spiritual leaders, mentors in your own household so she can see who you really are and what it looks like to struggle with, but also to be transformed on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, I pray that you guys pray for her uh, every night and care for her in that way. Friends, um, will you take care of this family when they cry out in need as a faith community? We can come together as a tribe and pray for at least or support through generosity our different programs for children and students and the way that we can come alongside of families and give them resources. Do you, do you agree to continue to care for this family in that way? Yes. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, guys. You can get over there. We'll pray for you guys at the end. This is Olivia May Pfeiffer. She was born on April 25th, 2021. This is her brother, Owen, and her parents, Josh and Caitlin. All right, you're giving me the, like, the dirty dog eye right now. This is good. Do you want to try? No? All right. Oh for 2. Here we go. It's going to be a day. Your name means olive tree. Did you know that the olive tree, the branch, all throughout the Bible represents peace, which is a beautiful thing that you get to bring peace into this crazy, fun household that you're a part of and into this crazy, fun world that you get to be in right now. The verse that I gave you is John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So may you be an ambassador of peace, Olivia, in this life that you live. So friends, as you take care of these little ones, uh, will you continue to honor just that opportunity to pray for, to care for, to come alongside, to be a representative, a light of who God is in your household uh, and show them what life really looks like and what it looks like to have a transformed heart as you care for uh, the things that God has asked us to care for. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, family, the same thing. Continue to care for this family. Come alongside of, resource them, pray for them, check in on them as a faith uh, community uh, here in the Bay Area. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. All right. This is Luca Gary Danner. He was born on October 9th, 2020. These are his parents, Kayla and Cameron. Luca, I already know you want nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh, for three. Let's do this. All right, Luca, that means, uh, your name means bringer of light. I love that bringer of light, that you're going to be a bringer of light into this family, into this world, into the other people you meet. I gave you the verse Psalm eighteen twenty-eight that says, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. I pray that he continues to do that for you all of your life, Luca. So, fam, 
as you take care of him, love him, honor God in the midst of this? Would you continue to pray for him, support him, bring him up in a place where he can learn what faith looks like and find his identity and who God is as he gets to be a bringer of light into this world, but recognizes the God of light? Fam, same thing. Would you care for this family? Would you pray for them? Uh, and this family, would you resource them, come alongside of them in their need, uh, and then triumph with them in their celebration moments? Beautiful. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, Pastor Megan, would you pray for our families? Lord, we know from scripture that every good gift comes from you, and we receive these little ones as good gifts. I ask you today, the things that uh, haven't come to the service, the things we don't say out loud, the fears maybe in parenting, the things that we worry about in the future of our children, our grandchildren, and those little ones that we love. Lord, I pray that we would be able to put all those things at your feet and that the peace that passes understanding would be ours and that you would receive all of the glory in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Would you thank our families today? Thanks, guys. All right. Well, um, if this is one of your first times here, I am so thankful that you're here. Um, We're going to uh, get into our message today. Um, uh, I wanted to first say Happy Mother's Day. Uh, uh, recognizing that moms that are here right now, specifically, I know my mom is washing day, so I want to say, Mom, love you. She always has told me, you love, I love you to the moon and back, and I believe that she truly has done that. It's been the greatest gift of my life. So thanks, Mom. And to all of you who have been mothered by someone, uh, may you encourage them, see them today, drop the line, or even reconcile today. Uh, send a, a balloon message to heaven, uh, whatever it takes. Uh, may we just sit in that and see that for all that it is, not miss that opportunity. Um, we have been going through a series in the book of Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament. And we've been walking through literally verse by verse. We started back last year. I said last year in August. <laughs> and uh, we've been walking through this and today we find ourselves in the Lord, Lord's Prayer in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a conversation, Jesus' first big sermon. This is one of the biggest, most important parts of Matthew. And um, last week, um, we started walking through that. We actually have a, uh, uh, a resource for you. Um, if this is one of your first times with us, when you leave today, we made a journal of every week and what we're talking about, kind of how we've um, spliced up the passages that we're talking about. So you can grab that at the new friends area as you leave. Um, and we want to give that to you. It's got the title, the date that we're doing things. If you have your journal and you want to take notes today, we're on page 133. And you can see the scripture there. I'm also going to put it on the big sky screen um, so you can follow along uh, with us there. So we're in the midst of the Lord's Prayer. Last week, we just talked about the Lord's Prayer part one, uh, which really was just two verses, verse nine and 10. And it was this. It was Jesus saying to us, this then, this is then the template of how you should pray. And we talked about why he would talk about that and the things that we need to learn and how we learn how to pray. And then he gives us this template and lays it out. It starts first off with, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That we have a Father, 
He's in heaven. He's accessible. Uh, he's an encourager, protector, nurturer, comforter. And his name is great. It is important. It's holy. It's mighty. Uh, it's strong. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We emphasized on those words, your, not mine. Your kingdom. And what we get to be as a kingdom bringer on this earth now as it is in heaven. How we get to see his will lived out now on earth as it is in heaven. And we actually have not only the opportunity, but the resources in which to do this, to play our part as children of light. So now jumping into part two, we're going to unpack the rest of this prayer and see what we can kind of take away from this. Uh, we just kind of go piece by piece. I'm going to dig in. So um, I'm going to continue to read what we're going to talk about today, and then we're going to uh, break it down. So verse 11, starting today, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' sins, your father will not forgive your sins. All right, so backing up, verse 11, here we go. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. He gives us daily bread um, so that we can be the kinds of people that are dependent on him. This daily bread conversation is actually a really difficult one for a lot of us to wrap our minds around. Uh, because for a lot of us, we figured out not just how to have daily bread. We figured out how to have weekly bread. We figured out how to have monthly bread. We figured out how to like store our bread up. So for us, most of us to think about, I have a daily need that I need to be met uh, to survive. Um, we've, we figured out how not to be so dependent on a daily access to that. And this is what... Jesus is like this to you right off the bat. He's saying, look it, you need to be dependent on God every day. I needed to be dependent on you for the daily bread that I receive. That, and out of that, this transformation comes in our dependence. Now, many of us have not experienced really being having to be dependent, but there are people in this community that every single day literally are dependent on daily bread. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but daily bread dependence takes up most of your day, most of your mental capacity, most of your emotional capacity, most of your physical capacity just to provide or to think about, to stress about that. I don't know how many of you guys have seen, maybe um, there's a Netflix show um, called Made. Uh, it's about a woman who ends up being a maid, a house cleaner. Um, but literally, it starts off, it's uh, incredible in the beginning because it gives you a modern-day look at literally a single mom who's got like $18 in the bank and is like spending the money down and then back and forth just trying to figure out like how to make it. It's daily bread and the, the consuming time that it takes to do this. And so Jesus is saying, hey, this consumption right off the bat, you're saying, God, will you give us our daily bread. So I am dependent on you for this so I can take it off of myself and give it to you because you, I believe, will provide for me. What Jesus is actually doing here is he's hearkening back to the days of Moses. Jesus does this a lot in the Sermon on the Mount. This is why he goes up on a hill like Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get a connection with God and bring back the Ten Commandments. He's talking about how, uh, hearkening back to how Moses and the Israelites walked around the desert and they were lost, and they had no food. And they were literally crying out, we're starving, 
We'd rather be back in Egypt in captivity and in slavery than starving. And they're yelling to Moses, will you give us food? Our people are going hungry. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And Moses then goes to God and he's like, God, I didn't birth these people. They're not my people. Like, I can't provide for them. Why are you doing this to me? Like, I can't provide for their needs. And God knew that. And he was saying, look it, I need you all to be dependent on me, not something else. And we see then, if you read in the book of Exodus, that God provides them then food every day that they can eat that day. And it was to satisfy them for that day. If you read in the book of Exodus, they wake up in the morning and with the morning dew, on the top of the morning dew, there was like this stuff on top that sat right on top. And they would collect it each day and they would eat it. And that would be their bread for the day or they would make bread out of it. And that would be their bread for the day. And what that stuff was called was it was called manna, that God provided manna for them as their daily bread every day. Um, the uh, Hebrew word, this is what this was written in and spoken. The Hebrew word for manna actually is, what is it? So can you imagine that conversation as they come out in the morning do and they get to say like, what is it? And someone else goes, it's manna. I know, but what is it? Yeah, what is it? No, what is it? I don't know what you're asking me. It's manna. Like, it's what is it? So that's what they ended up doing. They had no idea what this stuff was, but it was God's provision. And we hate this, don't we? Because we pre-decide what daily bread looks like. We have pre-decided what we want daily bread to look like in our lives. And oftentimes, God provides us with daily bread, and we sit there and go, what is it? That's not what I asked for. I can give you an example. Um, you know, my, um, my son wakes up early in the morning, my youngest, and the first thing he does, he did it this morning, comes around the corner, and you're like, hey, morning, buddy. He goes, I'm hungry, right? It's like immediately. It's like, I don't care who you are. Put food in my belly. I've got issues. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I went out, and I made him. It was like a bigger day breakfast. Every once in a while, I'll do a bigger breakfast in the morning. Um, I don't even know what that means, but anyways. I made him an egg sandwich, right? <laughs> like a bagel egg sandwich, and he comes then back out. I was like, hey, bud, got your food. You said you were hungry. And then that's what he said. What is it? And I was like, it's food. You said you're hungry, right? I provided you with food. You got to take the food. And then he said, I don't want it. Why don't you want it? I thought you were hungry. And then it was something else, right? He wanted something else. I mean, you could, it wasn't that morning, but it was like, I wanted pizza. You know, now you're giving me an egg sandwich. That's what we do. We sit there and say, hey, God, provide me with my bread. I need bread. Like, I need this substance. I need you. I need this situation. I need this daily bread. And he goes, yeah, I got it. You just got to take it. And we say the same thing. What is it? Like, that's not what I asked for. I have pre-decided what it looks like. Um, a really difficult moment that I had uh, a couple weeks ago, a dear friend of ours in this faith community has been walking through a really difficult stage of life, which is the end of his life, um, because he has uh, terminal brain cancer. And I've spent time with him and praying for him. And he has uh, gone through difficult treatment and said, you know, pray that God would heal me, which we do. And that's my prayer. And lay hands on me. And I got to see him um, the other week. And uh, his demeanor was completely changed. He had stopped treatment um, and decided that he was going to do hospice care, which is long-term care, um, to care for you. And he was at such peace. I asked him what happened. 
Uh, he was a different person completely. Uh, and he said, I woke up one morning and I just realized that my sins are forgiven and I have peace. Like, I'm okay. And I sat there and I thought, you know, maybe we sat there and said, my daily bread is that you would heal me. But what you gave me is peace. So maybe he gave you the gift. It just didn't look like what you thought it would look like. Now that is so hard, but it's daily bread. It's what daily bread can actually look like. Um, This is the kind of dependency that we have on God. Daily bread that we have with God, daily bread that you got to trust. This is so hard. You got to trust that he's a good father and that he actually knows what he's doing. And some of you know this because um, you think back to high school you know, you girls, you prayed in high school. I just want to marry that guy. God, if you, oh Lord, if you could do one prayer for me, would you let me marry that guy? And then it's been 20 years and you didn't marry that guy. And you looked on Facebook and you're like, God, thank you for not letting me marry that guy. Right? He knows best. He knows best. And you're like, he's a good God. Daily bread. Thank you for that. Um, I want to give you one other example of daily bread because it was maybe one of the most profound, powerful moments recently for me. Um, Many of you guys know we um, do a lot of uh, services in here uh, for celebrations of life and memorial services. And it's become a huge ministry for this area because of your generosity. We do it for free, anytime, anyone. I'll do anyone. I'll tell you right now for myself, I will do anyone's memorial service. I don't do weddings. Um, I'll go to them. <laughs> we won't do them. But memorial service, 100%, all day, all the time. And so we do here. We do a lot. And um, there was this a really difficult one. A young man uh, passed away fairly quickly from a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, two young kids. And uh, I'd had a conversation uh, earlier in the week with his spouse and talked about how much they loved Disneyland and that he proposed in front of the castle at Disneyland. And one of his favorite things recently was actually going to Disneyland and watching the new wonder through his kids' eyes. It's a really beautiful experience if you have kids or grandkids to be able to go and kind of re-engage and watch them ooh and ah over the wonder of that. And that was something that he really loved. And I was standing over in that far corner. I was sitting over there. And the last person to share was a family member that was actually sharing a letter written by... Um, his wife, to everyone. And then I was going to talk. And as I was sitting over there, she's just finishing up, and a little piece of confetti started to fall from right up there. I don't know how or where. And I watched it start to fall. The last time we had confetti in this place was Christmas. It was months ago. This random piece of confetti was up there. And it started to fall as she was finishing talking. And the family, the kids were right here in this section. And it fell right towards them. And I watched them from that corner, looking up in wonder and awe as they watched this little piece of confetti fall down. And it landed right in front of them. And then someone picked it up and gave it to them. And I sat there and I said, daily bread was not at all what we wanted but it was what we needed in that moment, in the moment of hurt, and that's what it looks like. Who am I to say that in the midst of this moment, the Holy Spirit just didn't go, 
because it's new that he knew that's exactly what was needed. Daily bread. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Our modern understanding right here of debt actually might dull the edge um, that this word had on Jesus's original hearers. Uh, Why is that? Uh, Because the original hearers would understand that when they were in debt, this was a huge thing that they actually had at any time could be thrown in jail for their debt, that they could have to walk in front of someone, immediately be put on court for that debt, and that they would serve time in misery because of debt. Our term of debt is really dull then. Why? Because we have like really leniency and merciful bankruptcy laws that uh, in a lot of ways is inconceivable to past generations. So debt might not carry the same sense of threat that it actually did for them. And though debt is more accurate in this translation of Matthew 12, uh, 6, 12. Um, I believe that God does want us to keep this word that you, a lot of you guys have read or recited in Lord's Prayer, trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses, right? As we have also forgiven our trespassers. Um, th- this is actually uh, something that I think helps um, remind us or helps us understand a little bit more as 21st century Westerners. This is um, the gift of William Tyndale, who, who translated this and put this into press, translated um, the Bible into English for us, the first one. So trespassing hits us differently than debt, especially when someone commits it against us. When someone trespasses against us, it hits us differently because a trespasser occupies a realm or exercises a right that rightfully belongs to someone else. They occupy a realm or exercise a right that rightfully belongs to someone else. Essentially, a trespasser violates another person. They violate. And this can be very damaging to them. Another word uh, that is used here, as you've read maybe in different translations, is sin. Uh, forgive us our sins, as we have also forgiven our, uh, those who have sinned against us. And saying that forgiving us of our sins isn't inaccurate Uh, It just loses the nuance, I think, right here that Jesus apparently intended. Uh, What he's requiring right here is that we actually forgive others who have occupied a realm and exercised the right that belongs to us, who have violated us since we ourselves have been forgiven. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The idea that um, uh, God leading his people is something, a theme you see all throughout scripture, that God is constantly leading his, his people. He's leading us. You see this as this theme. So, so I, I sat there and said, okay, what do you mean lead us not into temptation? Like he's going to, like if we don't ask him not to lead us into temptation, he's actually going to lead us there, like to, if we don't ask. So I thought that was like fascinating. I was curious about that. The way that I can liken it to is that praying, lead us not in temptation, is like praying to God, don't take me down the candy aisle today. Think of it like this. If you're a mom, you're smart when you go to the grocery store. You know which aisles have which things on them, right? (laughs) Now, moms are smart enough that to get around and to get the things that they want, sometimes they don't take the shortcut that they could because that aisle has candy on it or as something else. And what happens when you take the kid down the candy aisle? 
the begging and the belly aching of, can I just have, oh, why not? Why, why, why? And you're like, right? I shouldn't have gone down this aisle. Uh, and, and they understand this. It's recognizing that we naturally, uh, even from a kid, we naturally uh, gravitate toward, naturally grasp for the unprofitable things that God's wisdom can avert this unpleasantness in our life. So when you're praying, lead us not into temptation, lead me not into temptation, you're essentially saying, God, help me, lead me away from the candy aisle today so that there's those things not around me that I like see and I'm belly aching for and I'm tempted towards. Praying uh, essentially for this. This is a beautiful prayer that has been being prayed over me by one of our board members. I'm so thankful um, for her, she um, recently had asked me, hey, Larry, how can I pray for you? And I was like, I don't know, maybe this. And I'm kind of grasping things. And she was like, huh. In her own discernment, um, a week later, she let me know that she was praying for my wanter, my wanter. And I was like, whoa, what does that even mean? And she's saying, I'm praying that the things that you want will be the things that God wants. And that just those little tiny pieces of you can become more like him because you won't want it, but you want what he wants. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever been given a more powerful prayer over me. I've, it literally was just this last week. I sat at it all this last week going like, God, big things can change. Scary because I like the candy aisle, 100%. I like a lot of the things on the candy aisle and I can be gravitated toward those things. And I can even give myself permission to be like, well, we can get kind of close, right? I can look down it, right? <laughs> but, when you, but when you sit there and say like, lead me not into temptation. God, will you change my wanter? My wanter. It says, deliver us from the evil one. Those things that we want and the little candies that'll be hung in front of us says that he's prowling to seek and destroy. And some of those things can seek after our heart and destroy us and those around us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's the end of the Lord's Prayer. But he ends it really quickly with a re-emphasis right off the bat. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. The very first thing Jesus did after reciting this prayer was expound on the importance of forgiveness. He expounded on that right off the bat. And to really drive home what he meant, he purposely chose a different word here. Matthew um, uh, used a different word in the Greek here um, to highlight the nuance that he uses when Jesus is speaking for prayer to capture Jesus's intention in these verses, which in this type of context, using sin here and not reusing debtors uh, in this proper translation, this is the context means to fall beside something or outside near something, like you almost got there, but you didn't get there. Right? It's that whole idea of like the bullseye or to lapse or to deviate from the truth or uprightness or just period to sin or to um, have a misdeed. This is the, the language and, and the thought behind what Jesus is using here, that Jesus wanted his disciples and then including us to understand that sin 
in both the sense of owing a debt and the sense of trespassing or missing the mark into that territory that it doesn't belong to us, that to understand that the combination of these statements is easily misunderstood. That we just kind of read through it. He's reemphasizing what he just said, but there's like a little twist to it. Um, I think that they have to be considered, and this is why we've included this in full. Like we need to consider the, the full context here of Jesus' teaching. See, Jesus said in the previous verse that those who forgive others for their, their debts, meaning their wrong, uh, the, the wrong that's done to us will be forgiven by their heavenly father. Now he adds this reverse in logic. This is referred to a contrapositive. He, he, there's this claim that those who refuse to forgive others will not be forgiven of their own sins by God. And I think aspects of that verse right here is really hard for us to process. It's really difficult for us to process. Because as human, as humans, we, we struggle to conceive the idea of forgiving those who hurt us. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that says like, no, that's the line. Not doing it. Not forgiven. I can't. And you can't sit here and tell me I have to. I am shutting down. Some of you guys might even be shutting down right now. You're like, I'm not even going to listen to this part. Don't worry, I'm not going to poke you too hard. But listen to this part. <laughs> this, is, this is really hard for us to conceive because human beings, human beings, it's, it's crazy to grasp this, but can be truly depraved. They can do horrible things to each other. We do horrible things to each other. We say horrible things to each other. We inflict horrible, physical, mental, emotional pain on each other. And so some are even difficult to describe or to think about, let alone forgiving someone who has actually done this thing to us. And Jesus insists that we understand how much God has forgiven us. He insists you need to understand how much God has forgiven us. A parable he gives in Matthew 18 21 through 35, we'll get there in a couple of years. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> explains that we have all sinned against God. And by comparison, our sin against God is far more than any person can sin against another. Jesus does not mean that forgiving others is a condition for salvation, but that forgiveness is the expected condition of those who have been saved. I should have sit in that for a second. Jesus doesn't mean that forgiving others is a condition for your salvation, for your sanctification and what he's done for you. But forgiveness, this act of forgiveness is the actually expected condition of those who have been saved, that this shows how our heart has been transformed, how we are becoming something new because that is not normal because your father has forgiven you. Those who have been clothed, it says in righteousness in Romans 3, 21 through 26, that Jesus pays this death for our sin and he is the perfect uh, righteousness and it becomes ours through our faith in him. Now, does this mean that those who refuse to forgive others can still be saved? Ultimately, that's the wrong question. That's exactly what we go to. Okay, so if I don't do this, like, where's the line? Am I good? That's the wrong question. God's intent is for all lovers of him, followers of him, 
those who have been forgiven by the death of Jesus for their offenses against him, God, for that they would turn freely and forgive anyone who has wronged them. That's so hard. That's what transformation looks like. In other words, forgiveness speaks to the evidence of our salvation, not a requirement for it. Unforgiveness is inherently contradictory to godliness. So that's the template. That's how we pray. That's how Jesus teaches us how to pray and how we need to learn how to pray. And so I want to pray with you right now through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Abba, King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of all, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are great. You are mighty to save. Your kingdom come. May your kingdom come in this place. May your kingdom come in and through me as I am a bringer, as we are a bringer of light and love and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. May your kingdom come, Father, and may your will be done. May you take the things that I am carrying and think that I need to make this happen and may it be yours. May your will be done in and through me on this earth right now here as it is in heaven. God, would you use us to do those things? Would you show us just the little parts that we can do, just the small steps that we can take to be transformed daily by you? Father, give us today our daily bread. May we be so dependent on you. May we pause and recognize who you are. And Father, would you give us eyes to see what it is? The manna that you give. And would you give us the heart to celebrate the things that we didn't necessarily think we wanted, but we needed? And would you forgive us our debts, the things that we do, the things that we shouldn't do, the brokenness in us? Would you do that as we have forgiven our debtors? Would you give us the strength to forgive those who have trespassed in our space? God, give us the permission even right now not to necessarily forget. Only you can completely wipe those things out. But God, we can reconcile in a healthy way. And would you help us do that in this moment? And lead us not in temptation. Father, you know the things that we struggle with. You know the things that we like. You know the things that we gravitate towards. God, would you guide our steps and our paths and maybe the long route <laughs> to keep some space from those things. And in that, deliver us from the evil one who is tempting and seeking and destroying. God, thank you. We love you. In your name we pray.
Amen. And this concludes this week's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us. And if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our YouTube and find us on Instagram at NGATECF. See you next week.